to quote Pink Floyd, money. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Friday episode of Beyond the Borderline with your hosts Connor, Cam, Phil, and Ryan. Money. Yeah, well, we're talking about money. Um, we're continuing the conversation on capitalism and socialism and um, comparing the two. I mean, more so, it's just a. Uh, it's just us shitting on socialism, <laughs> but yeah. Um, but we'll see. Maybe I'll play devil's advocate later on. Um, or listen, anyone, anyone, people, feel free. Listen, it's not. It's not hard to shit on something when it has so few redeeming qualities. It's true. Yeah. The ideas, the ideas of socialism are good. They just don't work because, as you said earlier, Ryan. Like, well, that means they're bad. That means they're no, bad. They're not good ideas. <laughs> listen, I understand that there is the probably the the original person who thought of socialized ideas is probably coming from an altruistic point no of he's view. not Karl marx is a bitter piece of crap i'm just i'm just saying that maybe there is someone like that i'm not going to deny the possibility that you know someone believes that they would act in altru in, in an altruistic fashion but more often or not more often than not every time anyone who has tried to act in that capacity it has always led them astray and that's why it is inherently a bad idea yeah. Here's the thing, though. So, you just said you said somebody like I think it would be able to work if it was a community without a figurehead. But countries and nations have gotten so big, you can't really have a nation. Like you can't have a body of representatives. You need to have one representative, and that's where the issue comes in. Because so what you're saying is you would have a, a decentralized community that voluntarily interacts with one another and tries to have you know equal wealth dispersed among each other. That's where that's when it would make sense, and that would prevent the corruption. But that's kind of sounds like capitalism to me. (laughs) Well, it sounds like democracy. So I want to build off of an idea that I mentioned in the Great Resignation episode, or uh, or the one following it, which is that it seems as if capitalism, and it's not like this is some great revelation, but it seems as if capitalism is inherent to democracy, and it's simply the the economic manifestation of democratic uh, liberal principles, you know? And so anything other than looking at an economic system from a capitalist viewpoint is actually going against democracy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of like, um, you know, how, how does democracy work as a political system? Everyone gets a vote, you know, so the people control the system, um, control the political system indirectly through voting for representatives and whatnot. Um, and, you know, and their executive in the United States, but here we don't directly vote for our prime minister, but anyway, you, get, say, you get the idea. Canada, you're, you're... Your vote doesn't count as much depending on where you are. <laughs> well, we could definitely talk about electoral systems at a different time because <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, and it's it's there are some there are some massive problems here and in the United States for sure. Um, yeah, more so but, here. Well, yeah, uh, it depends. Um, but anyway, so your vote matters to some extent <laughs> in democracies <laughs> as a political uh, as a political idea because. Uh, you decide who the leaders are. And if nobody voted, then, well, it wouldn't work at all. And in the same way, what do politicians try to do? They try to, well, what is a campaign platform? They're trying to court voters (laughs) by promising things to you. So you, as a citizen, in your relationship with the state, 
get treated better through democracy because these people wouldn't have jobs without you, you know? And capitalism is the exact same thing, but just an economic model. So your vote matters in capitalism too. How you spend your money matters. The fact that you are allowed to spend your money where you want at these, uh, at wh- wh- however you want matters. And so having the consumer holding the corporations accountable is a democratic principle. And in return, you as a consumer get treated better with better products and better service because of that. And everybody profits, you know? And so anything other than that is actually incompatible with democracy. Mm -hmm. So when people like Bernie Sanders and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and all these people uh, propose you know these ideas of democratic socialism that like that's a misnomer that's a, a, a oxymoron you know you actually cannot have socialism to a large extent mixed in with democracy because they're antithetical to one another whereas mm. capitalism is literally just the economic manifestation of a democratic polity you know so i like let me know if i'm making sense here and what your guys thoughts are no, I completely agree with you, with you, Cam, because, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, you, if you just, if you strip de- democracy and capitalism down to its bare bones, there are so many synergies between the two, you know, ideologies that they're almost one and the same, right? You know, democracy is about being able to freely vote uh, for an elected representative, right? So that, you know, the, the, the power is with the people so that they can, you know, they, they are giving up the ability to govern 100% everything for themselves, but they are choosing someone that has the same views as them, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like that same mutual exchange we've talked about with capitalism. Exactly. And in turn, it makes the service better, right? Yes. A country is better under democracy. Why? Because the people hold the politicians accountable. You're not actually going to have a job unless you do what I want, mm-hmm. you know, and not so... Uh, blackmail about it but, but the thing, um, <laughs> something, something that does need to be said about democracy that a lot of people don't understand is democracy does not inherently grant people civil liberties you know those liberties that we value so greatly what grants no, those but, civil liberties is you know a constitution you know or a bill of rights that yeah. is what guarantees you your civil liberties nothing about de- democracy inherently grants you that no not inherently but it flows from the same uh, general school of thought yeah. it flows yeah. from judeo-christian values as well and that all kind of coalesced in one big ideological soup in europe and, and yeah. that's why europe you know has basically controlled soup. the world that sounds gross <laughs> well i mean it's true right you get all i can think about is the is the, the corpse wax being in that soup yeah well you get the idea that you know the people should have some input in their governance from <laughs> from greece you know, and, and Rome after them. And then you get the idea from Christianity and Judaism that, you know, humans have inherent dignity because they have a spark of, of the divine within them. And, uh, you know, you mix those things together with a lot of, uh, you know, time and war and culture and, and that kind of stuff. And you get the idea that, uh, you know, maybe monarchies maybe kings don't deserve to be ruling over everybody because they're just the same as everybody else 
all are equal under God. And then you get democracy. And then, and then that fosters again. But like you said, a constitution is obviously important because that's a great thing about the U S right. Is like all these ideas were there, but they had to codify it. And they had that as something that they had to live up to, which is why, even though they had slavery and Jim Crow and these horrible, horrible policies, they were held accountable by mm-hmm. their constitution, which, and their, their uh, declaration of independence and the idea that all men are created equal before God. And so they had to live up to that. And anything you know less is actually yeah. straying from their identity. And yeah. as of late, it, it definitely seems like the charter in Canada is not worth the paper it's written on. Yeah, we like, can, yeah, we can talk about that another time but for sure. Like, well, the way I like to describe the United States is it's more of a Republic state than it is a true democracy. Right. Well, it definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. But at the same time, um, yeah, that can sometimes be used to, uh, as kind of a, a, a backdoor escape argument, but it is certainly true. You're right. Um, but Phil, what were you going to say? Yeah, go, I Phil. just want to say that, um, the founding fathers certainly knew what they were doing in creating the constitution because they were, it was able to protect protect um themselves like they were able to protect everything from themselves like they knew that this you like kind of this like divine document would kind of see through their human failings their motives and their drives and eventually it still holds up till this day Mm -hmm. yeah really spectacular and the fact that it's been copied across the world like you know all these fledgling democracies in Southeast Asia or, or South America or, or even Africa, for example, you know, a lot of those countries set up constitutions that are very, very heavily based on the United States. And, you know, it's not a coincidence and, and you're right, Phil. And the fact that it survived for 200 and um, <laughs> Phil's, okay. Phil's mom just walked in. <laughs> I carry, I carry. I hope she's list- she listens to this, but uh, no, anyway. Um, she does, she does. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> what was, I mean, what I, was I saying? Like, oh, yeah, Connor, you go. You'd be made, like, what? States, like, Phil said it's, like, this divine document, but, I mean, there's definitely some things in there that might need to be changed. Like, I know it's a big controversial topic, but, I mean, like, <clears throat> the right to own guns is one thing oh but there we go. i have fully automatic machine guns like 20 of them like you don't need it you don't need an arsenal in your basement to protect your family here here's the yeah thing but people need, here's nobody people need to understand is guns on their own do not kill people people kill people i think we can all agree that people using guns to kill people is horrible and it should it need there there needs to be a solution and it needs to be stopped what was that old like meme on it was like back when youtube was glorious oh. it was like guns don't kill people i kill people <laughs> with but here's guns the thing. what i'm what, what i'm getting <laughs> at here is why and why is it why is the most school shootings in the world in the united states okay, like, hold, hold on, on. There's, i'm there's just gonna so shut this down. is completely off topic i'm but gonna shut this down right Connor, now that proves my point because they knew that eventually, if they were given the opportunity, they could become tyrannical and go against their own people. So that's why that was put in place to prevent that exact thing from happening. I'm yeah, not so we can about, we can talk this? about. Okay, look, look, stop. Okay, we can talk about how the Second Amendment manifests itself today at a later date. But it, 
uh, going back to what Phil said, it does prove his point uh, as to the fact that it was its original inclusion in the Bill of Rights was uh, was wise was it, on the part of the founding fathers and uh, to act it, as a check against the government. Okay, let's bring it back. Was to, it wise? Yes, but like by no means is it divine, as Phil stated. It is not divine in, at all. Okay, um, my the, the, my definition the, of divine would be that. Um, people are given the opportunity to prosper. Mm-hmm. That's what I, I understand as I, divine. To be honest, divine. I would actually, I would actually attribute the Bill of Rights, the, the American Constitution, as divine because it states in the Bill of Rights that these are your God-given rights. It is a right. God-given thing. Okay, so they're basically entrenching natural. Law. They're 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 basically God. using the word of God, like as it is written in the Bible, and they're attributing it to the rights that are granted to American citizens. So it is, in a lot of sense, divine. It absolutely. Well, they, yeah, they're they're God's they're using God, God as a. No, they're using God as a meaning nature, meaning human beings have these rights naturally, and the government, as a creation of human beings, not as a creation of God slash nature should not be able to infringe upon the natural rights of a human being mm-hmm. and, and so look i this is a totally different conversation i'm prepared to have this discussion but not today <laughs> not today so let's let's end it i i know you have a lot to say connor and uh we can certainly talk about that in fact i think it would be a great episode i just want to i want to loop back to democracy for a second here i feel like i'm playing a bit of the devil's advocate against democracy but i think that's important to, to criticize things that you love because it's i love democracy I love the Republic. <laughs> I think it's important to know your own, you know, strengths and weaknesses. And one of the weaknesses to democracy is in order for it to work, the people have to, to be engaged. Civic engagement mm-hmm. must remain high for democracy to function. Mm-hmm. If people start to become disillusioned with the process and stop engaging with the process, then democracy is failing in that incident. Yeah, absolutely. And that's something we've noticed like, in Canada. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's so hard right now. Like, um, you know, I won't the, disclose who, yeah, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. According to the office of the Privy Commissioner in Canada, only between less than 2% of all Canadians, I'm looking at the stat right now, less than 2% of all Canadians hold memberships to any political party, whether that be provincial or federal. Yeah. And then of those people that actually have memberships, good luck getting 3% of them to volunteer mm-hmm. for a campaign or something, yeah. you know, it's like, like I'm doing some political work right now and i'm trying to get volunteers together you know and it is so hard it's like pulling teeth phil knows because i fucking asked him too <laughs> i feel like i feel like and he tried to conscript hard. me yeah yeah cam conscripted <laughs> me he got me it's hard to back i'm, I'm coming for you meeting. connor i'm coming for you next cool but i think right now as a nation it's tough to get behind any specific leader because all these people are career politicians and that's all I've known is mm-hmm. pretty much to talk bullshit. Like <laughs> think about back, Boom, like, back, back, like think about back, like in the nineties, even like the early two thousands, a little bit too. Like a lot of our, our leaders opposition and the ones that were in, that were in seat as prime minister had careers before they became the prime minister, mm-hmm. right? Like they had, uh, jobs they they understood whatever their designation was they understood what life was like to work whereas politicians now get funding for the people to run their campaigns and stuff like that and so 
I feel like there's a little bit of a disconnect from our politicians to what it's like to what's what it's like to actually work. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I and it's probably a a gradient, you know, like some are better than others, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that sense. And again, we're wading into extremely, extremely controversial territory here, but I'm gonna say that is one of the factors in that was one of the factors in Donald Trump's victory in 2016, you know, is I'm not saying necessarily that he was a working class person because he, he was, but he was able to, and this is something that people should pay attention to, whether you like him or not. He was able to connect with those working class people and identify their grievances and for lack of a better term, manipulate them to his, for his own political success. And it was very clever and that's the reason he won the presidency in 2016 um and so yeah at least at least to have people understand you know or, or understand as 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 much as they can uh what it's like to to be a normal person i think that's definitely something that needs to be brought back a little bit more in canada you know i think it's a bit better than in the states because you know, a lot of politicians in the United States um, come from, you know, dynastic families, very rich families. I mean, you look at some of the past presidents, like, I mean, you have both George Bushes. Those are people from the same family who are president, you know, just one president apart from each other, you know, mm-hmm. like, that's very odd. Uh, you have Bill Clinton and then Hillary Clinton, who nearly became president, the you know, and uh, the Kennedys, Jeb Bush, who got absolutely wrecked but anyway um, so it's a bit different here i think the the politicians are a bit more down to earth a lot of them do have careers and i know a few of them who are who seem to be good people um well not our not our prime minister well but that's that's the thing right and and he as you know i'll put this lightly but as a trust fund baby born with a silver spoon in his mouth whose daddy was prime minister he Mm -hmm. doesn't actually have any idea what it's like to be an average working class Canadian. And it's simply the reality of it. And you can still mm-hmm. vote for him and you can still think his party has good ideas and whatnot, but I'm not going to say anything in regards to that, but as a person specifically, as someone able to connect with average Canadians, he just doesn't have that ability. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, our democracy does suffer because of it. Um, but, you know, that's why we have elections. So, Everyone. Another another statistic I was Vote. looking at is in, in the latest federal election, uh, 63% of all eligible Canadians who could vote voted in the past election. So yeah, you might think at bad. first that's not that, like to, to someone who's not involved in politics, you might think, oh, 63% were still in the majority. That's not bad. Well, if you actually take a look at the stats since 2015, we've been in a steady decline from anywhere from one to 5% in voter turnout. And that's still, and that's still dropping. And that is cause for concern. True. Yeah, although that, that, that is, is slightly that, misrepresented. Um, Go ahead. I think right. another is that thing because... that needs to be addressed too is the fact that <coughs> people are so <laughs> Phil's face, Phil's face when he got cut off. So I'm sorry, funny. Phil, I'll let you go. I just wanted to say something real quick was like, people are so, are so quick to turn their eye on other, like on other, uh, parties that they don't do their research like people just say like oh I'm, i yeah. vote for the party but you don't know the policies of other mm. parties you don't really know the policies of the party you're voting for it's like, yes exactly we met, a little me bit and Cam have met quite a few people like that 
Yeah, yeah. It's like do a little bit of research on your own, figure out what everyone's about, and then make an informed decision. It's just like mm-hmm. I think anything in life, you shouldn't make us like, oh, I have to vote tomorrow. Oh, I'm gonna go and make sure I'm still under this. It's like do a little bit of research on your own, figure out what's what's true and what's not not true, and then. But you have to be careful nowadays and what where you're getting your research from because there are so many biased news outlets, right? Like you you can't even be sure what you're reading is is actually true anymore, which is you know yeah, which is a that's why I think people just need to learn more about. I think we've touched on this a couple of times, but that history needs to be uh, more prominent in education and not only history but um, civics as well, and. You know, we had grade 10 civics class, which was what, like half a semester. Then the other half was careers. And it's then like, never again. Never again talked about it. It's like, man, we need to just give people a little bit more ability to think on their own. So then they can really go to the root of what they believe, right? They can go to the theory of it. They can understand why they believe what they believe. And, you know, there's a lot of great resources for that. University, you could say maybe is one. There's a lot of great political books out there. YouTube is just wonderful. Go to your party. Go to the party's website and read their, their yep. tags and figure out. But anyways, I interrupted Phil, so Phil, go ahead. So basically, um, what I wanted to say is <laughs> kind of <laughs> I just your face. I wish we had video. I wish we had video right now. That's because... twice now. One, we could have caught a ghost. Yeah. Um, oh man, his face is just beautiful. So basically, what I was gonna say is that why did only 63% of eligible people vote in the last federal election because they genuinely feel that their voices are not being heard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they well, feel that-, that they are not, that their values are not being represented in the marketplace. Yeah. So they are, you know they are abstaining from that. that. That's a large problem. And we can have a larger conversation about this on another day, but that is just a large problem of how our electorate works, like how our election system works. For those that don't know, we, we operate under a first-past-the-post system. So it's not, it's the representation that you're getting from your, your MP or whatever, or whoever gets elected, is it's not what you think. Your, your vote, quote-unquote, matters, but at the end of the day, even if the party you vote for wins the popular vote, meaning they got the higher percentage of the vote, they don't win. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's something we've, maybe we should devote an entire episode to electoral issues because mm-hmm. yeah, that certainly is one. Um, yeah. Like the conservative party won the popular vote again this time around and, but failed to capture the seats. PEI, um, PEI has, I think it's four seats. Well, yeah, they have four seats, which is a seat for every like 40,000 people or something like that. And in Alberta uh, and British Columbia, it's like, a seat for every 150,000 people or something yeah, like it's very right. skewed yeah very skewed. no no shade thrown to pei always wanted i've always wanted to visit it but you guys the pei has no business having four seats <laughs> no I'm they sorry. don't and not they simple don't. they don't and and so there are representation issues for sure um the seafood is bomb though we can yeah that. and the potatoes the potatoes mm-hmm. yes 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 the beaches are pretty nice yeah i've always I, I can't wait to go there i'm gonna take a road trip out there one day yep. yeah oh that's something else uh we should do an episode on one time is like like travel destinations we all want to go yes. to yes mm-hmm. or with that we yeah, have yeah. been to yeah that we have been to as well oh, yeah, although yeah yeah because yeah, i want to see so many places dude mm-hmm. mostly europe but mm-hmm. like um 
yeah i just everyone that goes on like road trip backpacking and road trips like i just yeah i want to carve out like a year sometime in my 20s to just do some awesome shit i've been pretty while i agree completely with going with wanting to go to europe i've been to i've been fortunate to go to some pretty cool places in the states as well mm-hmm. you know yeah, what i think uh, yeah. i think at age 29 is the move 29 yeah maybe 29, I'm, I'm saying 27 and then by 30 i'm fucking making cash money no no this is what it is this is what it is you 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 establish uh be uh, the beginnings of a career now you get your network built and then 27 rolls around you go and you have some fun for a year around the world and then you come back restart your career and have kids i think i think that's the play for me i mean this would this would obviously this is not a one-way thing you know i would have to uh there, there would be considerations, you know. I'm gonna say I'm, about, I'm, <laughs> I'm, play, I'm planning on traveling soon, so. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you are, man. This, this episode. Should we get back to capitalism, or should we just? I think this is capitalism. It's being able to do the things <laughs> you want to do. Democracy gives you oh, the to do these things. Oh, there you Whoa. go. There you go. That's exactly it. It's true. That's why. Yeah, that's why you can. Do you think anyone? <laughs> do you think anyone in communist Russia was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to go down to Florida. Or I'm going to go to Disney World this year for a vacation with the family." Yeah, no. oh, they go to Cuba, bro. They go to Cuba. Yeah, they go to Cuba. <laughs> yeah, they go to Cuba for shit food. Oh, oh. You, you know Bernie Sanders had his honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Oh, like, my God. like that's commitment. That's commitment to the the cause, the workers' cause. Yes. Oh my God, I just don't understand. Oh, I'm not going to go there. Anyways, I think we'll leave it there for the day. So yeah, everyone... yeah, we should uh, wait. Uh, let me just go over. I had a, I had some cool points. Like, let me just not miss anything here. Right, oh, 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 oh! As a last, as a last point, if you want to look at the benefits of capitalism, just take one second to look at your life and ask yourself what you're grateful for and if you say you're grateful for you know um your house or uh you know the things that you have or or any of these material things or the university you went to or your career or you know the country that you live in and stuff just realize that that is a product of capitalism you know and and when people are are hating on entrepreneurs or they're hating on billionaires or they're doing this while tweeting from an iPhone and sipping on a Starbucks. <laughs> um, just take a second to realize the hypocrisy in that I think would be great because really it does provide opportunity and, um, and yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> Amen. But yeah. <laughs> Oh, maybe that was too uh, that was too preachy. I don't want to be preachy. That's all so good. Feel free to ignore me, and also feel free to think that I'm Meanwhile, a complete loser. And <laughs> we are brought to you by Superfast <laughs> Internet and Double Espresso, <laughs> sponsored by Starbucks and McDonald's. <laughs> we're 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 fucking sellouts. No, well, I got a promo code. We're not sponsored by anybody yet. yet. I thought we sponsored don't want by, sponsorships. Sponsored by ourselves. We need to get Manscaped or somebody. <laughs> yeah, Dollar Shave. Yeah. Dollar Shave. yeah. 
or Squatch. Squatch. Yeah. yeah. I want some Star Wars soap. Yeah. Oh, I want some Darth Maul colored soap. Are you kidding? Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. All right. With that being said, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Last couple of minutes were kind of jokes. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> any ideas? Again, feel free to DM, comment on our posts. I've had too much sugar today. It's just, it's, it's not my fault. <laughs> the gluttony has continued. Yeah. Right, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a glutton. They, oh, the, <laughs> all right, everyone. <laughs> take care. Brush your hair. Have a great weekend.